You are listening to the Agency X Podcast. I'm your host, John Sertikowski, founder and CEO at Avix, an e-commerce agency based out of New York City. I'm joined by our e-commerce strategist, David, and we're really looking forward to discussing today's topic. All right, welcome to the Agency X Podcast. Uh, today, as uh, usual, I'm joined by David, our e-commerce strategist. How's, how's it going? Uh, so today good. we're great. Good to hear. Um, so today we're talking about uh, headless e-commerce, uh, and I think D- David's David knows about headless e-commerce, but I think he's going to take the role of the merchant today and kind of ask some of those pressing questions that uh, brands may have about headless, and you know when is the right approach and what's involved, and we're getting a lot of questions about it, and I think it's. It's stuff that agencies are still figuring out and, and merchants and the industry is still trying to figure out what's the right approach. Uh, we have a lot of new partners on the headless side um, working on some headless builds ourselves. So uh, I'd love to be able to dive into it and uh, answer any questions that our merchants have via David. And then also, um, uh, of course, answer any questions in a follow-up uh, after, we, after we publish this. So where did you, where did you want to start? Of course. So I guess first, a lot of these questions I'm asking, yeah, they're going to be kind of taking the perspective of what a merchant would likely ask. Although in my case, a lot of these questions will be genuine because our team does have a couple of experts in headless and a lot of the platforms we use. I'm not personally one of those. So I'm going to probably learn as much about this as anyone who's watching or listening to this. So perfect. I guess the first thing that I would have to ask is, Pure off the bat, you know, what is is headless commerce and what makes it different from just building your website from scratch without using any kind of platform? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's probably the most common question, right? Uh, So headless is the decoupling of your e-commerce platform, your code base, and your content management system. So... You could, you could have a headless website without it being e-commerce. So there's you know, uh, a headless or decoupled CMS, such as Contentful, which is one of our partners, or Sanity or some of the other ones. Netlify makes an open source CMS. It basically, your code base is going to live separately from your content management system. So looking at WordPress or Shopify, they're templated systems, right? Different platforms, WordPress is open source, Shopify is uh, in the cloud. Uh, but you, you you build using either PHP and HTML, CSS, JavaScript, or other coding languages. Uh, and on Shopify, you're using uh, Liquid, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, et cetera. Uh, but your content and your um, templates and your code base all live on those platforms, whether it's an AWS hosting uh, or it is a uh, Shopify uh, uh, account. With Headless, those things are separate. So you may have your um, content management system is um, uh, contentful when that's where all your content is. Uh, you may have uh, your um, um, e-commerce platform, which is Shopify Plus, uh, and you'll have your code base, which can live somewhere else. Maybe that's on an AWS environment. Uh, maybe it's using a th- another type of third party, but that code base is built with React or uh, Next.js or something like Gatsby uh, so that you could build progressive web app technology. So 
your content is updated one place, your inventory is even managed somewhere else, whether that's Shopify plus, or if that's an inventory management system and your code base is managed somewhere else. So as you can see, it's um, the antithesis, um, antithesis of um, Shopify plus and a lot of these these com these cloud-based commerce platforms, right? So you have all of these things living separately, uh, but that opens up the possibilities for so much more. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get to that in a few. Was that clear? Uh, but I, I'm sure there's a lot more to it uh, that others could probably explain a lot better than me. Uh, but essentially it is the decoupling of your content management system, your e-commerce platform and your code base. So it's almost like, uh perhaps maybe not the best analogy, but you know how we have traditional like TV and kind of it is what we get, you know, what we see is what we get. We can't really choose what we want to watch when we want to watch on cable network. But with all these streaming services, we can watch tons of different things and we can have a lot more freedom and we have a little bit more control over our content and we're not limited. Of course, these different streaming services don't work together. Like in the headless case, it does. Um, so my suspicion that this is a poor analogy was correct, but um, I, yeah, I think I do. I, I, I think I do understand though. it. Where basically, instead of having one thing, like one thing controlling everything, you have a bunch of different things controlling your, you know, web experience. Is that essentially correct? Yes. So instead of I would just in it instead of having an out of the box solution, something that has everything all in one spot, you're kind of building it. I would use the analogy of, of, of a car, right? If, if going to a store, going to a car dealership in, and buying a car is Shopify plus and buying the individual parts to that car, the engine, the, the, uh, the axle, the uh, chassis, the doors, the stereo system, and building it together, you have more options, more customizations, more flexibility. You could get more performance out of it and tweak it as you want. But if you go into a car dealership, you're going to get the options that they have and it's going to max out at some point. So, mm, oh, okay. So, like, it's almost like building your own computer versus just buying a oh, pre made one. Okay. Go. Yeah, uh, I should have just even led with that. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It sounds really great. Um, it, you know, in theory, but it also sounds like it's going to be a lot more work, both, you know, in terms of cost of labor, but also in terms of the management side from our end. Um, you know, what would you say is from that's, you know, let's say I'm, I'm a merchant, I'm merchant, I'm on Shopify plus already. And I'm mm -hmm. thinking, okay, you know, it's, I think I might be at the point where I'm outgrowing my Shopify plus store, but I don't really know. So I guess my next question really for that is, you know, what are the instances when uh, a brand that, you know, that has outlived, you know, Shopify plus or has grown kind of above it, you know, how would they benefit from like headless and is yeah. it worth the, any of the extra costs or, you know, internal management that needs to support it? Yeah, sure. That, that's a great question. And um, it's going to depend. So when, if a merchant is doing a few hundred thousand or a million dollars in, in sales, unless it is absolutely business critical that you cannot achieve that functionality on Shopify Plus or any other platform, then you wouldn't be going headless. Even merchants who are into the millions of dollars, 
um, maybe $5 million, $6 million, you might start to explore it, but you need to be able to weigh the pros and cons here. So will the increase in conversions from having a insanely fast loading website that provides a better customer experience, will that return on investment cover the cost of what you've put into it? Now it's going to depend on your business. There's some businesses that um, they have unique requirements. I would say that's a small percentage of merchants that have extremely unique requirements that from the start, they need to be headless. It's very uncommon, but I'm sure it, it's out there. Um, when should you kind of start discussing uh, with either your agency or internally when you should go from like Shopify Plus and where you may want to just consider headless would be one, of course, you need to consider revenue. So maybe you're in the eight figures. And the main reason would be to create a progressive web app for speed. That is the ultimate reason. It's also going to give more control. So you could have more control over the URLs. We know with most e-commerce platforms, you don't have control over the URL so much. They're, they're, they're stuck, right? You can't, you can't have unique uh, URLs. Uh, and when I say that, I mean like the, uh, the subpages, not the domains. Um, so you can't have those unique URLs that you know, might benefit SEO for some reason, or especially if it's a migration. So those are the things that you need to consider. And um, it, it's not going to be right for anyone, for everyone. <laughs> and anyone, it's not going to be right for everyone, but you need to start looking at, well, look, if we're going to see a drastic increase in, in, uh, um, in conversions, if we're going to be able to do things that we've always wanted to do, uh, and have more control over it, maybe there's third party integrations that need to occur that would make it easier with headless. Uh, maybe there's unique functionality, uh, and it's very, it, it would be just too cobbled together using uh, a cloud-based platform like Shopify or like a big commerce or something. Uh, and you need to go headless. You need to make sure that you're going to see a return on that investment, uh, because it's not going to be the right approach for everyone. Uh, it is going to be, uh, uh, the, a better for the customer. So I, I think I've said this before, but headless uh, sacrifices the simplicity of the backend system for a better customer experience. So the merchant is actually sacrificing um, uh, the, the user experience on the back end of things so that they can provide a better customer experience. And in turn, there should be a return on investment. Uh, but the, the worst mistake a merchant can make right now is going headless just because it's something that's trending. So just because it is popular right now um, does not mean that it is the the right approach for you. So I think it's going to grow over time, but it's in its infancy right now, in its infancy. And that's important that um, I think it's going to become easier over time, but right now it's still very new. So you need to make sure that you're paying, you, that you are one at a point in your revenue where you're able to afford it and to also consider the ongoing maintenance. Because like you said, David, there's definitely going to be more uh, support that's required month to month. So you have to make sure that, you know, now you're not hosting things all in one place in the cloud on Shopify. You have to have an AWS and maybe you need a CDN. Uh, and then you have your content management system. And each time you make a content update, your code base has to build again and push that live. 
So previewing, you have to set up something to be able to preview things. And then when you push it live, it's not instantaneous. Maybe it takes four or five minutes sometimes to push things live. I know on our website is headless using Contentful. When we publish something, it's not live right away, unlike pretty much all other, um, other platforms. So uh, there's all these things to consider, updates, and uh, integrations become more complex. Uh, you don't have the ability to use Shopify's ecosystem and install apps. So all of these things have to be considered. They all impact um, how you operate on the back office side and it all impacts the bottom line. Wait, so, okay, wait. So what about the apps that I'm theoretically currently like using a, I'm using like a few upsell apps. I have like a chat bot. Um, I, you know, I have, uh, I have something for like uh, ship easy to connect mm -hmm. to my like warehouse. Like what's going to happen with that? Are you saying that those can't connect to? It depends. It depends. In, in some, in most cases, those apps need to be integrated um, with an API. They need to be integrated and coded into the site. So if you're using something like Yotpo, uh, that will need to be integrated um, like you're building it from scratch. So it's important that when you go that headless approach, you understand that you are retooling Shopify Plus from the ground up. Consider that because you will not be able to use a lot of those plugins. So like you might have an upsell app that you just install and then you're good to go. Um, that's not, it's not going to work like that. You need to essentially integrate it and build it from. So a lot of those apps that might be, you, they'll become useless because why are you going to use an app that essentially you're just going to have going to have to build that from the ground up anyway. So most of that functionality like upsells and cross sells and a lot of that e-commerce functionality needs to be retooled and created uh, on a headless approach. Uh, so some apps that affect more of the back office, maybe it's like taxes or shipping or something, you probably are still going to be able to use like something like ShipStation. But uh, a lot of those ones that affect front-end functionality will need to be retooled, redesigned, redeveloped, or whatever. Uh, so you're, you're going to lose that, that, um, that benefit of rapidly deploying uh, some of those, those functionalities. Now, it's worth noting that there are some really great partners out there, especially like Shogun. Uh, so we've been working with them on uh, Shogun front-end, which does have an easier way to be able to keep all things in one place. So maybe it's keeping the con it keeps the content management system in one place and you're hosting your files there. Uh, and it has, you know, it makes use of like that page builder type functionality that they're so well known for, uh, as well as it makes, in, makes it easier to be able to uh, integrate these third parties. Another one is Nacelle. Nacelle is, is, is very popular right now when it comes to rapidly, well not rapidly, but making it a lot faster and easier to be able to code and launch headless e-commerce websites uh, by keeping some of those things in one place. And they also have pre-built connectors with a lot of the common third-party um, e-commerce tools like the, the Yapos and the Clavios of the world and I think Gorgeous and a few other ones. So yes, if you're retooling it from the ground up, it's going to be harder. Even using some of these partners, it's going to be more difficult than just installing an app, uh, but there are solutions to make it easier. So I'm using, all right, so I'm on my store, my theoretical store. I'm using uh, Recharge for subscriptions, and I actually have it integrated. It's like a natively supported integration with um, with Clavio. I have it, I have it integrated with um, my, my Google Analytics so that it can kind of uh, identify which purchases are actually subscri you know, subscription users, and that, those integrations are kind of handled via like the, like the back-end interface of Recharge and the, 
the Shopify app section, do I lose that that app backend and those integrations that I have set up through there, or will those be retained? It's just simply how the app gets connected to my store. That's a great um, question, and I would say it depends. Um, sure, you could still install that app and use that interface, but it's not going to be. It, it's going to be different from how you have it set up now. I, likely recharge would need to be integrated directly into the code base rather than going through the store. So uh, it's a different setup and you're going to manage it differently on an ongoing basis, absolutely. I don't know in that exact situation how you would manage it or what the, the setup would look like. I'm sort of sure there's different approaches and different ways to do it, um, but Essentially, I think with some of these new third parties that are coming out that are making it easier to be able to have those integrations, uh, instead of installing it in Shopify, it would be kind of connected via some of that middleware connection, where, whether it's using the cell or Shogun or something like that. Uh, I'm not entirely sure where that admin now lives and how you're able to use it, but there absolutely needs to be some sort of control over that, of course, because you're, like you said, you're, you, you want to make sure that you're segmenting your customers the right way and you have control over that. Uh, so that, that is another thing that yet needs to be considered. So once again, like headless is not to be taken lightly. There needs to be a, uh, a, a lot of considerations when it comes to taking that approach. Um, and actually it's like that kind of ties into my next question I wanted to ask is, I know you guys are really thinking about headless um, and you know, a lot of other, agencies we've talked to are really enthusiastic about it, but are these partners that you guys work with, these other like SaaS solutions like Yotpo and Gorgeous and Clavio and uh, anyone else, uh, uh, you know, are they thinking about headless? Are they like, is that in their roadmap? Do you know if they're kind of thinking about headless support? Cause that's one of the great mm -hmm. things about like our, that's one of the reasons why we were, we're on Shopify plus and why we like it over some other platforms is because yeah. the integrations are just so, like seamless and so we just want to make sure we're going with something that you know the entire industry is thinking of and not just a you know one subset of it yeah of course and i think i think headless is a big commerce is is on the top of everyone's mind it's being talked about so much but once again it is in its infancy so i think some are paying attention to it more than others i think the agencies and the merchants and developers and things like that are always the first to kind of know uh, and they're always the first to, to get up on a lot of the new technology. So uh, we're de definitely thinking and talking about it more. Now, you know, a major company like Shopify isn't, you know, they're a publicly traded company. So is big commerce, a, a lot of them. They're embracing it. It's on their websites. They talk about headless on, on their landing pages and things like that. They have to be able to support it. Um, but they're not going to make... And, and same thing with a lot of our partners as well. They're not going to make a huge investment into something that, even though it's growing, is not the majority of their customers, right? Now, Shopify has a million merchants or more. The vast majority of them aren't, on, aren't even on Shopify Plus, right? They have like seven, eight, nine thousand, something like that. I, my numbers could be off on Shopify Plus, and there's, you know, what? 900 and something thousand on Shopify core. So, you know, the, the, the bulk of their customers are not headless. So before a, a major technology company like Shopify makes an investment in headless, you know, it's going to be down the road a bit, you know, they're, they, they need to support it. They need to embrace it, but it's not something that like, they're going to come up with their own headless version 
uh, until it becomes more mainstream. And same thing with partners like Clavio and Yapo, of course, they're going to want to support it as best as possible. They're going to want to partner with the companies that are um, spearheading these things. Uh, but I don't think there's anything that they can or need to do um, because they're more of marketing tools, right? They're more of a marketing platform when it comes to like Yapo, an all-in-one marketing platform, things for like UGC, loyalty, SMS, when it comes to Clavio, email marketing, SMS as well. Uh, so they're more focused on that, uh, right? I'm sure that as Headless becomes more and more popular, there's there's maybe some things that they could get involved in. Maybe there's integrations that they can make easier. Uh, maybe there's um, different ways to be able to make it easier on merchants to be able that are on Headless to use their use their tools. Um, but you know that's where some of those other third parties come in that make those connections easier. Gotcha. And so. In terms of ease of, of use from like the content side, you know, my my store, we have a couple of e-com managers. They've, you know, they've been in the industry for like five to 10 years. They're pretty mm -hmm. familiar with a lot of these other platforms. You know, they, they, they're, you know, they, they get it. They get it way better than I do in this theoretical store. But, um, you know, is, would they be able to like understand any of these, um, you know, these like headless platforms like Contentful or Nasal or Shogun Fronted, like would they be able to navigate it pretty, pretty well in terms of uploading yeah, and managing content? You know, mm -hmm. assuming they do know, like they're, you know, they're, uh, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty tech savvy. They're pretty CMS savvy. You know, how, how tough is, is, you know, a headless thing going to be for them to learn? Yeah, I think, you know, setting it up is the hard part. You know, you need engineers for that. Um, but managing it, on a con from a content perspective is easy, right? You have more control. Um, looking at something like Contentful, you know, you have your content modeling, you could spin up these pages. It, it, it's pretty user-friendly. And that's one of the reasons why you'd go headless is because you have more content control. So the content management side of things, you know, it's harder to set up, but it can be a lot easier to manage. Now you don't have visual editors like you do in Shopify, although with Shogun with their page builder, you do. But if you're using something like Contentful, you don't have like a real visual editor. It's a true content management system. It's just content. So it really depends on your preferences and, and your um, and, and your abilities. But it, those things are fairly easy to learn. Uh, so if you're an e-commerce manager or something and you're tech savvy, uh, you shouldn't have a, if you know how to use WordPress or Shopify or something from a CMS perspective, uh, Contentful or something like that, or even Shogun's page builder uh, or Shogun front end, would be something that you can easily use to update content. That's one That's a, one of the main reasons that more control over the content and the user experience. Now, when it comes to using, you know, something like Nacelle to set up integrations and deploy things, or you even using Shogun to do those things, uh, or, you, or not using either of them at all, then that's something that is, you need to have, you need to have a knowledge of, you know, deploying and you need to have a knowledge of like, if you're going to make code updates, you need to have a knowledge of, uh, react and uh, it gets a lot more complex. So, but it, it's still like, if you don't have a knowledge of liquid, the same things apply. If you had your store just built on Shopify, right? You know, if you don't know how to use liquid, you're not going to be able to make updates to the code base, or if you don't know HTML, CSS. Um, so I would say it's comparable, but uh, when it comes to content updates, so, uh, but it's still, you're going to need, there's, it, it, it's, it becomes more complex because there's a lot more um, a lot more cooks in the kitchen when it comes to the, your SaaS products. Like I said earlier, uh, you have your content management system, you have your e-commerce platform, and you have your hosting where your code base is. So uh, I think a lot of these, um, 
lot of these products that are coming out are trying to make it easier and easier. Uh, but right now it's still, I wouldn't say cobbled together because uh, it's, you know, it's really advanced, but um, it's still retooling everything um, rather than working with one platform. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of the development, let's talk about the kind of required tech stack. So, of course, you know, let's say I'm using an agency uh, like ours to set, you know, to set up mm -hmm. and get everything running on a on like a headless platform. But we want to have a headless developer internally. We have like the resources and money to handle that. Like we have the infrastructure that can kind of take, you know, to have someone for that. What if we're looking for like a developer to bring in internally to do that? What should they need to to know? Because I'm I'm assuming headless is probably so new that you yeah. know not a lot of devs will just have it on their resume. But what kind of languages or what what's the stack they should have to be capable of developing on on something headless? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, uh, you know the developers that we have are well versed in React, Gatsby, Next.js. Um, you know you need to know. APIs, you know, when you're looking, when you're talking about, we, we didn't even mention Jamstack, but when you mentioned Jamstack is what you call um, like this headless approach, progressive web app technology. Uh, so you need to know JavaScript, you need to know APIs uh, and how to connect all of those things together. So uh, a, know, having a knowledge of how to use APIs is important. React, Gatsby, Next.js, things like that. Uh, so you could build, of course, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, all of those things are requirements. Uh, but having some of those advanced JavaScript uh, uh, language uh, in your tool belt is necessary. Um, and also just being able to know how, how these things all connect, like having some kind of, you know, fundamental understanding of headless. Maybe you haven't built something headless but you've looked into the code base or have you tried it? Me personally, I don't really develop anymore. Um, you know, <laughs> being, the, being the founder at Avix, I don't really have the time, uh, but I used to. Uh, I used to code all of our websites before we you know, made hires. I was designing them, developing them, all of that. Uh, so I tried out uh, using Netlify. I, I set up a headless Shopify store. It, you know, it was just kind of using some pre-made theme and just connecting it, but uh, it was essentially pretty easy to, to start it off, but you know, you need to build that functionality. You know, you're not starting with, uh, I'm sure that there's some foundations that you could use as a starting point. Netlify has some of them. There's some Gatsby actually has one that's already set up, but it's really bare bones. And you, you realize how much, you realize how much um, where Shopify plus and BigCommerce and, all, and like Magento Commerce Cloud and all of these other ones, uh, where the benefits are when you just could spin up a theme and you have all this functionality. When you go headless, you have to rebuild all of that functionality. And that means adding things to cart, image viewers, uh, you know, everything has to be built from the ground up. So, you know, you kind of start to appreciate, um, appreciate just building things on like with liquid on Shopify plus, because uh, you know, a lot of things are done for you. Uh, but very interesting technology. There are a lot of developers that have um, this knowledge, I think it's, it's going to be an increasing demand. So any developers out there, the more you could focus on headless and react and things like that, uh, you'll have work in the future. Gotcha. And so, uh, you know, what about some considerations for, uh, like international, like multi-store, multi-site, um, you know, how does headless kind of fit into that? Cause from my understanding, you know, it's not like, um, you know, it's not like you have a domain and then a subdomain 
on like two different platforms, it's all just one domain. But what happens if you have like multiple versions of your store, you know, let's say if you are selling international, you know, how, how, yeah. how does that work? Or do you generally try to veer people away from, from headless if they've got some of these really complex uh, considerations? Ooh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, international is going to become harder, but you have more control over it. So you can do more things with geotagging and language translations. Uh, you, you'll have to tap into Shopify Plus's API for currency. You're going to have more control over them. It's going to be harder, of course, than using an app or using some of Shopify's pre-built or out-of-the-box functionality when it comes to uh, language and currency. Uh, and you have to be able to now push that over to Shopify's checkout. So checkout is going to live on a separate domain. So you, if you have your yourstore.com, when you go to checkout, it's going to be like checkout.yourstore.com. So you need to be able to pass that information over to Shopify. So it's it, internationally put international puts a, a huge layer of complexity on things, but you do have more control. Uh, essentially, you, you could also use like third parties like uh, Global E, right? We've used those in the past uh, that can help support that. So it really depends on your 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 capabilities. However, you know now that you're you're going that route, you know maybe you don't need to spin up multiple Shopify Plus instances, meaning like expansion stores. Uh, maybe you do, maybe you do in some cases, but uh, in others you you might not need to. You could retool that functionality and 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 essentially have one store. Uh, but it really depends on your needs. It really is going to depend on, you know, your company, your requirements, uh, so that there's a lot of um, variables there that are going to help. It, it, essentially, it's, it's more complex, but you have more control, just like everything with Headless. Gotcha. And I'm glad you brought up the, the checkout because I was actually curious about, about that. Because it's like headless, can I have my like dream single page checkout and not have to use Shopify's? Or is... Well, no. You're, once you get to the checkout, you're back on Shopify, right? You're not using Shopify sim simply for an API. You're back on the platform and you're checking out. And I think that's Shopify's checkout is what, um, you know, is, 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 is well optimized. It's high converting. Uh, so, I wouldn't touch it too much. However, Shopify is opening it up more. And I know that with uh, cart hook and with bold commerce, you're able to do single page checkout in some cases, and you're also able to do uh, reoccurring subscriptions with Shopify's native checkout. So they're starting to open it up a bit to some partners that want to do certain things. Um, but essentially, you, you, just by going the headless approach, not bypassing Shopify's checkout, nor do you get more control over it. So I can't use like faster or anything. No, <laughs> no touchy subject. But I mean, if you're going headless um, and you're going to use fast, I mean, you would, you would, you wouldn't use Shopify. You would use something else, or you'd use an inventory management system and a PIM, and like you could essentially build, you know. But then you wouldn't have an API. You know, you need to leverage the API, uh, and that's the important part. But if you wanted to use fast, is very interesting. But of course, it's a competitor to what Shopify is doing when it comes to. Uh, shop pay, right? It, it's a direct competitor. I highly doubt that Shopify will ever let fast on their platform, nor would it be a smart idea. They've put so much into shop, uh, you know, the shop pay that it's, it wouldn't make sense, right? Mm -hmm. They want more merchants on shop pay and shop pay is great. You, it has like a global with Shopify. You could check out a lot faster. It's secure, it's safe, and uh, they have an app for it. So I think there's benefits. There's room for both players, obviously. Um, but uh, I, yeah, you're not able to, 
if you're using Shopify and you're not bypassing the checkout. That's one of the reasons why you're on Shopify. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's a shame if I cared <laughs> about that, but I, I assume that I'd be on headless for a lot of other reasons, but let's, I know we've talked about, you know, uh, that it is more expensive. It's very clear uh, based on the complexities involved, but you know, in terms of like how much more expensive it's, you know, is it like extra five bucks a month, three, you know, $300 a month, you know, uh, you know, yeah. what you're looking at. Uh, and that's another thing that depends, right? So um, if you're going with straight up headless and you're not using some of these, you know, partners that we have like Shogun and Nacelle, they have their own pricing and uh, you know, you'd have to inquire with them to find out what it is. But on top of Shopify's pluses monthly fees, uh, which they, you know, they, they have published on their website that starts at $2,000 a month. Um, you're also looking at, other fees. And that could be, let's just, you know, say you're going, you know, you're, you're building this all without some of those third party partners uh, or those, those, some of those SaaS partners, you're looking at like an AWS environment or a Netlify. You're looking at Netlify. Netlify is fairly affordable. It's comparable to any other hosting, but that's on top of the 2k that you're spending on Shopify plus, right? So a couple hundred dollars, it could be more uh, for Netlify than you need a content management system. Now contentful starts at like $30 a month or like $80 a month or something. Oh, that's not too bad. Uh, but you run out of content types fairly quickly. And with a headless build, you're most likely going to have to go with their like 500 or $800 setup um, or more, you know, still not There's, terrible. Still not terrible. Um, and then you have to worry about uh, the ongoing maintenance. Uh, you need to, it, maybe you need to, you want to have a CDN or something like that. Now with Shopify plus all of your content is hosted on Shopify. You upload an image, it's hosted on Shopify with, you know, um, headless, you have to upload it to your own server. So videos and things like that, things that or are stuff that's loading from a C Shopify CDN now needs to load from your hosting. So you need to make sure that, that it's as fast as possible. But with serverless hosting like Netlify, it is really fast. So, um, you know, when you use progressive web tech, web app technology, things are loading a lot faster, right? So you have an insanely fast website. Uh, you could use higher quality photos that load a lot quicker. Um, but it's going to depend. I mean, I, I would say it's easily going to be a double of what you're paying now. You know, it's it's it, it, it the ongoing cost could dramatically go up. In some cases, it could be triple what you're paying now, depending on what you're using. So I would say on top of the 2K that you're spending for your e-commerce platform or you know, 1500, 2K, 3000, whatever it is, you're likely going to have to add another two to four K per month to support headless, right? I'm sure wow, that there's that's... cheaper options. I would say that's my rough estimate. It really depends on the approach that you take, but I would say it's, it's, it could easily double your overhead, but then you have to take into consideration that you might need to hire a developer or hire an agency or hire someone to be able to help maintain it. So those costs are going to go up. Um, and it, it, once again, another thing that, that merchants need to consider. Oh, wow. That, that really is a lot. And so I feel like in a lot of cases, anytime we do talk about headless, more often than not, the conversation seems to be revolved around explaining like why you may not need headless or why it's, you know, not a good, not like an ideal solution for where a brand is at. But what's an example? It could be a real example. It could be a just 
you know, a, a fictional scenario of a brand where after talking to them, you would be like, okay, you guys should absolutely be on headless. Cause I feel like we don't come across a lot of those. And I feel like mm -hmm. for a lot of merchants, I feel like that's the big thing for them is they don't know if they, a lot of them don't know, like if they would benefit from headless, they don't know what the, what to look for or what those kind of signs are. So what's yeah. an example of something where it's like, yes, you absolutely should be on a headless, headless build. Um, yeah. So when I, I could use a couple of use cases here. Um, so use case one is you have a site that needs an insane amount of animation. It needs to load quickly. It's the, 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 the biggest selling point of your site. And there's a few examples of those. I think um, we were looking at them recently, like a website like, um, uh, like Recess or I think NotPot is another one that was built headless. I could be Something mistaken. Maybe. Uh, something navy like these are sites that have a lot of movement a lot of motion and the brand felt that that is something that's very important to them to help sell their product um or in some of those cases especially in like consumable products like products like um uh, food and uh, beverage or like snack boxes or something like that and you're building a bundle or something and you need to have like your dragging drop it it has like you know some sort of fun interface or something like that. Uh, if there's business critical functionality, such as those things that are going to def like define if your brand is a success or not, then of course, headless is the approach to go. Uh, if, if it can't be achieved uh, out of the box. Also, another use case might be you're a large brand and you're on another platform and you want to migrate to Shopify Plus for the benefits that it offers. Um, in migrating, you know, maybe you're coming from a custom platform or you're coming from another solution, all your URLs are going to change. Uh, if you're a eight, nine, 10 figure brand or something like that, it makes so much sense to go headless because you have more control over the URLs, you have more control of the functionality, um, better customer experience. So once you start to get into those higher numbers with larger brands that are doing 10, 20, 30 million above, uh, you know, you have to start at least considering it not to say that you should go that route just because of revenue. You could easily be a $100 million company and grow and succeed and thrive on Shopify Plus or another platform without headless. It shouldn't be a decision to make based on revenue, um, but revenue has to play a role in it, right? So um, in other situations, it once again, it, it's hard to pinpoint an exact um, use case, but um, business critical functionality uh, has to play a role in that. So if you can't operate any other way, uh, headless is, might be the way to go. If you are going to see an insanely great user experience and insanely great conversion rate uh, updates from uh, or improvements from going headless, as long as you see the return on investment, it makes it makes sense. Gotcha. Yeah, headless. I mean, even after kind of talking about it and learning more about it it seems like it's still a concept that is definitely more in its infancy obviously there's plenty of sites that are already up and running on it i i don't see it being like a big norm i think we're probably at least two years away from that at my best guess um and it's and it's definitely like super niche i'm sure at a time shopify plus was a incredibly niche solution for shopify's mm -hmm. customer base because their big core are kind of smaller uh, individual merchants. And I'm sure at the time, because Shopify has been around for over 10 years, I'm sure there was a point yeah. where Plus was even like, uh, uh, you know, 
very rarely case. I mean, I even remember looking up Shopify yeah. Plus and thinking, wow, I can't imagine many stores that would be on this. Now it's gotten to the point though where, uh, I, yeah, there's just so many. And I'm sure with Headless, that's also going to become the case as Headless gets easier. On our last episode, you talked about how the CEO of, of WordPress or uh, some high up guy in, Word, in WordPress was saying that how Headless is sort the of like founder, a step, yeah, the, the founder, founder is like a step backwards. And in some ways he is correct in that the decentralizing of your web platform is kind of a movement away. But I think it's going to get you know, better. I feel like it's going to eventually take the course that like Shopify or Squarespace or Wix does where it will become pretty seamless. And at some, yeah. some point, I don't, I couldn't tell you the timetable, obviously, but yeah, I, I think that it's going to become more and more popular. And I, I agree with what he, I don't know exactly what he said, but I agree with the, the idea that it's it, it, depending on how you look at it, it could be a step backwards, right? So complete opposite of what all of these platforms are doing, which is putting everything all in one place. It takes that step back where we're now rebuilding things again. We're building e-commerce from scratch, right? So that's not the end solution. The end solution is when there, there's a product that allows customers to be able to have an insanely fast website, the, all of the benefits with, of, of headless commerce without the complexity. I'll say that again. The, the, the final solution is going to be, well, maybe not final, but the, the solution that we're looking for is a headless commerce experience that has all the benefits of headless, but the ease of being on one single platform. So when that happens, that's going to be a game changer. So that's the game changer. That's what, what, what I think a lot of these products are trying to do is make it insanely easy to do headless or make it easier and easier or just as easy as spinning up a Shopify store or, or any other platform. Um, but having all of those benefits of, of headless commerce. So the byproduct is, has to be insanely fast website and more control. So however we achieve that, right now it's very complex, but eventually it's going to become a lot more simple. No, for sure. Um, that all kind of really makes uh, kind of sense. It's really like fascinating. I didn't even know about Headless until probably a year ago before I even started. I, I Though I feel like that is almost like a natural progression. I feel like last year there were less people talking about it on LinkedIn and, and you know, uh, in like webinars than they are. Yeah. Now we see uh, it every day. Yeah. I mean, I may, and perhaps some of the stuff with this pandemic might be pushing this a bit too, because now mm -hmm. a lot of larger brands who really weren't focusing on e-com are kind of, you know, starting to think we got to really invest in this. So yeah, it might be about time. And I feel like another thing that's kind of really important to come, come out of this is I feel like that's why it's really important to have something like e-commerce discoveries, because there's no way with having two 30 minute sales calls with a potential client, could you ever say, yeah, I think it makes sense for you guys to be on headless and make that huge investment. I think that's why e-commerce discovery is something we do are a pretty essential component of our, our offerings because it's sometimes hard to know what a brand actually needs unless we take the time to really dive into it. Otherwise we're just, otherwise we're just saying like, do you need headless? It's like, yeah, you, you could go it if you, if you want to, but I, it sounds like it's yeah. not something that you can just go on their website, browse it for like five, 10 minutes and be like, yeah, you guys should be on headless. It's like a really yeah. big, yeah. big decision mm -hmm. from a corporate, you know, from like a corporate perspective or company oh, perspective. You're 100% right. And that's where the discovery comes in place. Planning, 
figuring out the solution. And if headless is the right approach, then go with it. But it's not always going to be the right approach. It really depends. You need to really um, dig deep into it, do a little bit of a discovery. Don't just jump into headless unless you've understood the pros and cons. So it's not right for everyone. Um, and it, 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 it could be a great solution. It might not be. It's whatever is going to provide a better customer experience, meet your business needs, and help you grow your revenue and grow your brand, that's the right solution. So whatever that may be. With that said, uh, I think we're gonna wrap it up now. Um, any other questions from you, David? No, I think this is kind of really great. I, right. I learned a lot about it. I think education on kind of headless is gonna get a lot better. Awesome. And feel like uh, you know, the more we all understand it, the better we can kind of help merchants who are trying to get into it, so. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to talk a little bit yeah. more about headless in the future. Oh yeah, for sure. Getting some guests on some some headless uh, yeah, and a few maybe a couple some. brands who are even on yes, it. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right, great. So um, uh, I really enjoyed the conversation today. Always love geeking out on technology, <laughs> e-commerce, and headless. And uh, join us next time. Thanks so much. Yeah, thanks.